Yeah, there's usually a, a copyright up there, and I looked for it, and it wasn't up there today, so wasn't quite sure we were 100%. Get this worked out. Ah, doesn't want to open now. There we go. Just two. backwards now too. <laughs> it's one of those days, I'll tell you. How many like going to Walmart? Second floor, remember that? 
And Dad's pounding on the door, pounding on it. He said, I need gas, I need gas. And the guy gave him some gas and we were able to get home. I mean, th those are some of the things that have changed in our lifetime. And uh, now our society, <coughs> our society is pretty much a 24-7 society. I don't know of any other time that it actually shuts down, uh, except when a, a major disaster happens. I remember when 9-11 happened, how everything literally was at a standstill at the time. And you look into the sky and you didn't see any planes in the sky. I mean, it was, you know, those contrails, they were not there. And it was a, just, just remembering all that stuff. Well, it kind of brings us to a question that was asked. And we kind of put two questions together in this one. The question was asked, what about the Jewish festivals and traditions? Are we to observe them? What about Lent and Advent? For the church. And now, th th this is the key. This is the key, and this is why I'm talking about Walmart here. Are we under the Old Testament law? See, the Old Testament, if you know, there's parts of the Old Testament where it's talking about uh, what you can and cannot do. Those are the law. And, uh, and the Jewish people were, were obligated to follow the law. They had to. And if not, many times the uh, uh, penalty for it would be very, very severe. Uh, to the point where if you did anything on the Sabbath, you'd be stoned. You'd be killed. So many of you are thinking, Pastor, you're done so I can go out to eat afterwards. If you, if you went out to eat afterwards, uh, you would be stoned. Because you're not supposed to do anything. Because that day, God stopped at that day. And everyone was supposed to stop and observe God and, on that particular day. That's, that's what you were required to do. But how much of the Old Testament do we follow? I mean, there are 613 laws in the Old Testament that are to be observed. Alright? Which ones do we follow? Now I'm going to tell you, if you believe that we are to follow that law, then you're to follow all of them. So you pig farmers in here, you're in trouble. If you go to uh, Red Lobster and <coughs> decide to get a lobster or crab legs, you're in big trouble. Because you're not allowed to eat those things. Because that's part of the law. Right? So what do we follow? What don't we follow? What about, the, what about the Jewish festivals and feasts that are out there? Do we follow them? <laughs> well, let's go even further. What about the festivals and feasts that the, that the church follows? Because we, we, do, we follow some of them. Lent, Advent, Christmas, Easter, Fourth of July, Thanksgiving. You say, well, those aren't church holidays. We follow them, don't you? Ah, but, but those are holidays that we're looking at today. So how, what do we do? How do we follow them? Do we follow them? Do we not? And so we're going to be looking at that today. <clears throat> we're going to be looking at uh, the, the key verse. Here's the key verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 23-33. That's going to be our key verse. So get ready because here we go. You ready? All right. So... Do we follow them? The quick answer is no. 
We do not, no Christians are not obligated to follow either of them. Either of them. Okay? The Old Testament law, we're not obligated to follow that, and we're not obligated to follow the Jewish festivals and feasts. There are primarily seven festivals and feasts that the Jewish people follow. Passover, the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and Feast of the Booth. And those were the Old Testament uh, celebrations that they were to do. Plus, there were 613 Old Testament laws that they were to follow. Now, Paul says that there were so many laws that no one could fulfill all those laws. Someone was going to break them at some time. Question. How many laws are in the United States? Tons. <laughs> you know, you're the closest one <laughs> to being right. Um, the Old Testament, oh, no, Old Testament. The, uh, I, I actually looked it up. How many laws in the United States? No one could answer. The closest I got was somebody said the number of sand that's on a beach. There are so many laws in the United States. Someone, I told a pastor about it yesterday. He says, I heard someone say that on a given day, you have broken at least two laws in the United States somewhere. Because there are so many of them. Uh, the last I heard was 20,000, but I don't think that's right. I think there's a lot more than that. It is estimated in a given year, over 300 new laws have been passed. So, you know, if you want to go after somebody, if you're a prosecutor or... Uh, Department of Justice, all you got to do is just get all, anything that anybody wants, I mean, get all the information from somebody, you're going to find some law that they're going to break. Because there's so many of them. But let's, let's get back to the feasts and the festivals. Why did they follow them? Why did God bring them about? There was two reasons why God brought them about. One was commemorative, and the other one was communal. Okay, commemorative. God <clears throat> Produce these law, these festivals, so that people would remember what he did for them, or to remember something that's important. For example, the Day of Atonement, a, a sacrificial lamb was slain on that particular day. It remembered the importance of there's a sacrifice for sin, and eventually it was a forerunner of what Jesus would do. So it's commemorative. Look at the festivals and feasts that we have in the United States. Okay? Thanksgiving. Why do we get together on Thanksgiving? So that the Lions might win a football game. Right? No. They brought about Thanksgiving for what reason? To remember what God has done and His provisions and to give thanks for it. Right? How about the 4th of July? Why, why do we celebrate the 4th of July? It is remembering the day in which we proclaim our separation from England. So that's all commemorative. And we can go into Martin Luther King Day, we can go into President's Day, we can go into all these other days that are now out there. But that's what we celebrate. It's commemorative. To remember. Remember. Remember is a glue. You know that? Remembering is always a glue. Um, okay. 
I was pretty blunt in the first service, but I'm going to be blunt in this service too. That's why traditions in a church, even though they may not be gospel, but they're still important because that is a glue that kind of brings us to the past. Now, traditions should never be worship. Traditions can go, so don't get me wrong on this, but, that, but traditions can be important. This church has a number of traditions, and which is, can be good. It is a glue, all right? The next one is communal, okay, where the, we come together as a family. So how many of you get together with people on Thanksgiving? Okay. How many of you get together with people on Christmas? Hmm? I mean, we do. Now, our life is changing. It, we, we have, it hit me a couple years ago. We're no longer the family that goes to people. They are now coming to us. Boy, that makes you feel old. We're waiting for the grandkids to come. Okay, we're starting to see all that happen. But, but communal, it's when the family gets together. And trust me, younger people, we older people look forward to that day when you all come to our house. It's, it's, it, it is a glue, once again, another glue that's there. And so Thanksgiving, we get together. Fourth of July, you get together as a family. Christmas, time, you get together. Do you know that even every Sunday morning, we get together here, and we are the family of God? This is the Mount Tabor family. And so we come together, and we it's a glue that binds us together. So a question was raised, kind of, a, kind of an offshoot of a sermon. Do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Usually when people ask that question, they're looking for an excuse not to go. That's, I'm just being honest with you. The Bible says, no, your Christianity is not dependent upon if you go to church or not. But the Bible says, yes, from the standpoint, you are to go. How do I know that? Well, let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says, not forsaking, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the, in the manner of some, but extort, exhorting one another so much more that you see the day of approaching. So Paul, or Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, is saying that you are to come together as a family. Okay, especially as you see the world changing and the possibility of Jesus' return. I, trust me, this year I've had more people want me to preach and make comments on the book of Revelation than any other year that I've pastored. Okay, so what does that tell me? It tells me people are sensing, people are seeing, people know something is happening. And so the writer of Hebrews says, the best thing that you can do during this time of wondering, assemble. Assemble, especially as you see the day approaching. See that? He says, come together. So this past week, <clears throat> the church came together. Margaret Krogman died. 99 years old. World War II uh, widow. Uh, you know, born in 1923. Can you imagine that? First radio, first TV. Seeing an airplane. Seeing the jets now. I mean, it's just amazing everything 
that she experienced. So she dies, and then the church came together at that time. Some of you went to the funeral home, and you, you comforted Terry. Uh, some of the people came here and made a meal for them. Uh, and some of you came to the funeral. That is so important. <clears throat> so important. That's what the assembly together is all about. Okay? Now here comes the blunt statements. You will not ruin your faith if you neglect this. Will not happen. In fact, when you neglect this, that's usually the precursor of rejecting the faith. What does a lion do? A, a lion <clears throat> sneaks up to this group of wildebeest. And then he starts chasing the wildebeest. And one breaks away from, from, the, from the communal, from the compound. And, and then they go after that one and they usually pounce it. The pandemic comes. We went through a year, year and a half of not knowing if we're going to be meeting, we're meeting, we're trying to meet, we're trying to do all this other stuff. That wrecked havoc on the church. is not just us, but churches. The churches of 2019 and the churches of 2022 are not the same, and they never will be the same. Almost every church has experienced at least a 20-25% drop in attendance. It's easier to watch on TV. But you don't have the fellowship. Alright. Something happened to my live broadcast. So, okay. So, the question is, what about coming to church? Yes, it's extremely important. Well, my kids don't want to come, so they don't want to go to school either. <laughs> They don't do anything if it wasn't an Xbox or Y-Box or Z-Box. <laughs> you know? So what? You're the parent. They're kids. You let kids do whatever they want all the time. They do. They'd be driving down the road at 127 when they're 10 years old. Well, they may not go to church after. That's their choice. But you as a parent, your responsibility is to raise up your child the best that you can. Estimates are coming out by, the night, by 2045. Christianity in America will now become a minority religion. It was on Facebook and everything else here. And everybody just went nuts over it and everything else. 2045, Christianity in America will become a, a, a minority religion. Not in your house. You make sure it's not in your house. That's what God is really working on you. Not what's happening in the United States. What's happening in your house? That's what's important. Okay, let's go for it. I'm done with my side sermon here. Okay, as Christians, do we need to follow the Old Testament traditions? The quick answer is no. We don't. However, if you want to, you can. I know people who follow the festivals and feasts and all those. I know people who do those things. If you want to, that's fine. Paul says you don't have to, but he can if you want. All right? Don't throw it on me, I have liberty. <clears throat> but if you want to do it, I know a, a, a couple in Indiana that were friends of our family that, 
uh, he, he moved away from the church, and then he came back to the church because he started following the festivals and the feasts of, of, of the Old Testament. That's fine. That's not going to save you. Jesus is the one that saves you, but if that helps, it can. <clears throat> if you want to, you can. Because we are no, we are not Jews, and we're not Israel. The law was for the Jewish people, and the law is for those who live in Israel. All right? We are no longer under the Jewish law. We are under Jesus Christ. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 is what it says there. So let's read this. Now before faith came, we were captive under the law. Faith meaning Jesus came. Imprisoned until the coming faith will be revealed. So that the law had, was our guardian, okay, until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian. They mean the law. We are no longer under the law. Because Jesus came. So, because of that, like or not, maybe, and I know most of you like it, you can have a strip of bacon. <laughs> because you're not longer under the law, you can have travelings. Okay? Now, hear me on this one. This is very important. Be very, very careful when you use the Old Testament to justify some of your opinions. Because if you use the Old Testament to justify some of your opinions, they can come and they will come back at you saying, do you eat bacon? If you eat bacon, then why are you coming after me with this? That's why I always try to look at the New Testament primary. Primary is the New Testament. Okay? Now, for example, Homosexuality is condemned throughout the scriptures. Old Testament and New Testament. Alright? Just being honest with you. Most of the time you all come back and say, well, the Old Testament, Deuteronomy says this. Don't use Deuteronomy. Because if you use Deuteronomy, then somebody will come back with a bacon thing. Use Romans chapter 1. See what I'm saying? Always try to look at what the Bible says. It's primarily the New Testament. If you use the Old Testament, they'll come back at you. Because if you break one law, you break them all. And we're no longer under the law. Got that? Okay. Now, as Christians, do we need to follow the church year feasts and festivals? But that within the New Testament church, okay? The ones that we have traditionally brought about. Let's say Lent, Advent, Christmas, Easter. The answer is, if you want to, We don't have to celebrate Christmas here to be a good church. We, we don't have to go through Lent. We don't have to go through Advent to be a good church. I mean, you don't have to. Now, these are good, good precursors to it to get you focused on it. I mean, let's be honest. Christmas isn't Christmas anyway. You know what I mean? Jesus was not born on December 25th. Jesus wasn't even born in, in December. Jesus was born in the spring of the year. <clears throat> That's when they were lambing. That's when Jesus, but however, because of the Roman holidays that were there, uh, the, the, the bishops and all of them decided, well, let's celebrate Jesus' birth here because maybe if we influence them, they'll come to Christ and we can take over this holiday. You look at Christmas trees the same way. Put light on the Christmas tree because of the summer uh, winter solstice, and then da 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 da. And so they, the Christian church brought that in. 
giving gifts was not a St. Nicholas thing. Giving gifts to each other actually because they were celebrating uh, uh, the god of Saturn. I can't remember if it was Saturnos or whatever his name was. And they were celebrating him. So it's technically, if you give gifts to each other on Christmas, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're worshiping Saturn. Wait a minute. What are you saying, preacher? We can't give it? I didn't say that. How much of a letter law do you want to be? Most of the celebrations that we have in the church were taken from something else. Okay? I love giving gifts on Christmas. I used to like getting them, but now I'm old, I like to give them. My wife likes to give them worse than I do. That's why in Christmas you'll see me at Walmart with a can, please feed the preacher. No, just kidding. <laughs> But the answer really boils down to, do we have to? You don't have to. If you want to, you can. Got that? All right, now let's go through some scripture. Now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove my point to you. I got time. Plenty of time. I don't have a wife at home, so I can keep you here until 3. Okay. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 10. This is a key verse. This is key to this whole sermon. Ready? Here we go. I have the right to do anything you say. I, 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 let me rephrase that. I have the right to say anything. I have the right to do anything you say. Yeah, we got that. But not everything is beneficial. So when you do something, here's the first thing you have to keep in mind. Is it beneficial? Alright? And there are some things that are neutral. For example, pecan pie is neutral. Eating the entire pecan pie in one sitting may not be beneficial. <laughs> I did this this past week. I, I took Terry out. Uh, we talked. We, and I got him a, a, a raspberry shake from um, Happy Days. Okay? Ate it. No problem. Later, later on, I went to the Willow <laughs> and got a Snickers shake. Large. I hadn't eaten that day. You guys were weird. You guys were looking weird. I was in Walla Land. <laughs> now, <laughs> was that beneficial? No. no. Not really. <laughs> it was good though, <laughs> but it was not beneficial. So, but it wasn't constructive. Trust me, I know that. It wasn't constructive at that time either. All right. So when you do something, is it constructive to me? Is it beneficial? All right. No one should seek his own good, but the good of? Others. Say it real loud. Others. Others. It's not about you. Christians, hear me. Oh, it's not about you. We have no rights. We gave our rights to Jesus when we gave our life to him. We are his ambassadors. We're not the ambassadors of Darwin. It's not about you. It's the good of others. So, um, um, let's, let's get back to the shake thing. All right. If I know I'm diabetic and I eat that shake, I'm probably going to die. <laughs> and, and, and then what? guess what? Polly's by herself. Is that for her good? I'm, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> I'm not going down that road. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. 
fight. Dude, use the beer. Okay, okay, start drinking the beer. I hate alcohol, so I'm just using this as an illustration. Can't stand the stuff. <laughs> oh, you're an alcoholic? Here, this is, you drink it. That's not for their good. See it? All right, go further. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience for the earth of the Lord and everything in it. So what Paul was saying is, when you took an animal to get it slaughtered, it was cut into thirds. One third went to the temple, not the Jewish temple, but to the, their gods. One third went to the butcher and one third went to you. So he's saying, just because one third of it went to the temple, don't worry about it, just eat it. Don't go to Walmart and says, I wonder if the hog farmer here was a Christian or not. Or what, if he was a Buddhist, then I don't want to have it. No, Paul says, eat it. Just eat it, okay? Then he says, but if an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever's put in front of you without raising questions of conscience. Why? Because we're looking out for the benefit of another, not ourselves. So there have been times that I have gone to people's homes and they might put a glass of wine. I don't drink, but I don't make a big fuss about it. I'm not sitting there going, oh, I can't believe you gave that to me. Oh, no, don't do that. Oh, no, ah. No, I don't do that. I don't make a big deal, and that's what Paul's saying. Don't make a big deal out of it. All right? Then he says, whatever you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Let's say it together. So whenever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Bingo! That's the key. That's the key. So, can I and can that be for the glory of God? That's the question. Okay, that's what Paul's saying. That's what the festivals and feasts are all about. Is it for the glory of God? Or is it for your own glory? That's the bingo question of the whole thing. <clears throat> are you willing to give something up for the benefit of others? Are you willing to do something for the benefit of others? Are you willing to for the glory of God? Pow! That's the key. So when you're on Facebook... And you see something on Facebook you don't like. Is it for the glory of God? What you're replying. When you're on Facebook and you see a funny meme on Facebook. And you say, this is so funny, I'm going to pass it on. And you don't look at the fact that there's vulgar words in it. Or even from a vulgar site. But yet... You pass it on anyway. Is that for the glory of God? No. So let's go a little further here. Some of you cannot wait for pastor to get done because you're hungry. Right? Nathan is ready to go out to eat. I've been on Nathan all week because I've been seeing him at Walmart all week. So Nathan <laughs> is ready to go out to eat. Where are you going this week, Nathan? If the parents are, let us know so we'll all surround Nathan at the restaurant. Okay. Okay, so here's the key. So Nathan's getting ready to go out to eat. Okay. And now, does the Bible say we're forbidden to do that because of the Old Testament law? No. Because 
By the way, the Sabbath is yesterday, not today. So can we go out to eat or not? I used to hold to, no, you do not do that. Well, that has changed because I'm no longer under the law. However, big, huge however, if you're going out, they know you came from church. How do they know you came from church? Because it is Sunday, and most of you are wearing this type of a shirt. So if you're going to go out, two things you better do. Number one, you represent God for the glory of God, so you better be treating them nice, even if they're not treating you nice, because it's for others and for the glory of God. The second one is this, tip well. What? Tip? Well, I hate tipping as much as you do. Tell me the price, we're done. Okay? Just give me the price. All right? Tip well. Why? My daughter used to be a server at uh, Olive Garden. She told me what Sunday was like. She told me what Sunday was like. This is going to sound terrible. So I hear him at the restaurant, and I'm praying, and I look up, there's the server, I go, I got a tip well now, she knows I'm a Christian. <laughs> I know that was terrible. <laughs> but you represent Jesus. And those servers don't want to be there. They would rather be home on a Sunday. I'm Just to be honest, they'd rather what? It's a weekend, they would rather be home. Reward them. And no, don't give a track that's a $20 track that says that you need Jesus. You know? Give them the real $20. All right? It's because it's for the glory of God. Why? 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 Next verse. Key verse. Ready? Do not cause anyone to stumble. That's the next one. Do not cause anyone to stumble whether they are Jew, Greek, or in the church of God. So, how you act and react during these times, how are you, I mean, are you causing them to get angry at the church? This is the keepers, another keepers. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. That's your job. That's your job. So giving an extra $5 as a tip, if that brings a good uh, view for Jesus Christ so that somebody might come to Jesus, then fine. That's the way it's going to be. <clears throat> if, if it means that um, I, I change my vacation plans to go somewhere else because somebody might be offended that I'm going to that particular place, then, then so be it. Okay? Now, um, um, nah, I don't want to go down there. That's a different song. Okay. Let me, let, me, let me explain it this way. I've always wanted to go to Las Vegas. About 30 years ago, we went to Phoenix, Arizona, and I spent uh, two weeks out at Phoenix, had a friend out there. And so I said, I've never been to California, so I drove from uh, Phoenix, Arizona to California. Went to Huntington Beach, went to Knott's Berry Farm, uh, stayed at a Best Western underneath an overpass. <laughs> I, that was weird. Even Californians are weird, but stuff like that. Anyway, so I got a Californian going to get me. Um, so um, 
so got that. Then we decided let's go through uh, Baker, uh, California, uh, and, and then we went out and we stayed at. Um, yeah, it was that one. Was a, who? Were, which part of were Dan? Was that before or after Las Vegas? Anyway, so we eventually got to Las Vegas. Um, Polly thought Jesus was coming back, and we were going to be left behind because we were in Las Vegas. I, I am. That day of the vacation was the worst day of my life. She thought for sure Jesus is coming back. All right. So you know those uh, one-arm bandit things, slot machines. I, it's only five cents. I want to put it in there. I just want to see what it's like. <laughs> you lost your money. That's what. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm on a fire department. When they find out, all these secular guys, when they find out I want to Las Vegas, I know the very first statement they're going to say is, did you put money in the slot machine? I know that's exactly what they're going to do. Because I'm a pastor. They're going to ask me that question. So the whole time I'm looking at that thing, I said, it's just five cents. No one's going to care. It's only five cents. Nobody's going to you know, die as a result of it. I can do it. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. I did then we went through Hoover Dam and eventually went up to uh, Grand Canyon and everything else. Got back the very first fire meeting. Said, "Where were you last two weeks, preacher? You missed some good runs." And I said, "Well, I said I was in Las Vegas. I went to California, Phoenix, and went to Las Vegas." What's the first question they asked? Did you put any money in the slot machine? And I could literally look at him and say, "No." Would I have sinned had I done that? No. I mean, when I mean put the money in, wouldn't have sinned. I have freedom in Christ. I know I'm wasting my money. Okay? But I knew I represented Jesus, and they were going to ask me that question. And my opinion is I made more of an impact in their lives because I said no than if I would have exercised my freedom. Okay? Because what do I want to do? Through my life and everything I do, I want people to be safe. So today, when some of you are going to go out to eat, I really want you to do this. If that, if that waitress looks really haggard, I'll tell you what to do. Look at her and say, I'm going to pray for our meal, and I'm going to pray for you. Is there anything you'd like me to pray for? We did that yesterday at a, the only restaurant worth eating at, Texas Roadhouse. And we did that yesterday. Her name was Abby. Would you like to pray for her? She yes. And she stood there while we prayed for her. And then we made sure she got a good tip. That's how she lived. And I'm going to tell you, after that, she was smiling, she was bubbly. Because our job is to leave an impression, it's to be safe. So, by following those festivals and feasts, it's no big deal if you do or you don't. If you follow the Old Testament, it's no big deal if you do or you don't. The key is are you, is it beneficial, not beneficial? You have liberty in Christ. If you have liberty in Christ, don't use your liberty. But bring people away from Christ. As a matter of fact, you want to do for the good of others, and all you want to do is so that more people will be saved. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for what your word has taught us. Some of this might have been convicting. Help us to go forward and help us to share the love of Jesus so that others might be saved. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Thanks, Pastor. Um, if you guys would all stand and join us for